This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. Hessler. This is an hour-long interview show dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we feature guests in conversation about their theory, practice, and current projects, as well as the state of the visual arts. On this week's episode, we've got Susie Hokinson in the studio. She's a fiber artist and the current on-view artist-in-residence over at Sulphur Studios. Plus, we've got a field note from Grand Bohemian Gallery. We spoke with Jose Ray and gallerist Carmen Aguirre about Jose's new exhibition there. So let's get started with another episode of Art on the Air. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. Welcome to another episode of Art on the Air. If you're listening live, it is 3 o'clock on Wednesday here in Savannah. Happy to have you listening in. As you heard in my intro, I've got a great show lined up today. I have Susie Hokinson in the studio. Hey, Susie, how's it going? It's going great. I'm so happy to have Susie here. Now, some of you might remember a couple of weeks ago, Susie was part of a field note with Kate Green about the exhibition on the line at Friendship Coffee Company. Now, is that is that still that's still up now, isn't it? We took it down on Tuesday. Okay, so you can't see it anymore. I hope you went and saw it. It was good. So <laughs> it I hope you went good. and saw it. Now so that's gone out to California now? It is. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, so um that is a exhibition that's uh sort of to bring attention to the refugee crisis on the well, everywhere around the world. I mean, I think of it as on the border because that's how it specifically and directly relates to us here is on the southern border here. But it's a, uh, it's about the entire refugee crisis and um and who now? What's the name of the artist again? That out in California? Oh, Can you remember I her name right now? Oh my goodness! Here I'm putting no, you on the spot. But she is uh, amazing, and her project just blew up. Mm-hmm. Started from a simple idea. She put it out there on Facebook and fiber artists all over the world participated. So Right. And so if you have no idea what we're talking and uh, talking about here, first of all, shame on you for not listening to every episode of Art on the Air. <laughs> but secondly, it's a it's a project where fiber artists around the world as as Susie mentioned here did fiber pieces that are ultimately woven together 
in a much larger fiber piece uh, by this artist who orchestrated the event out in she's in Los Angeles is that right she's in California she's in Palo Southern Alto. Palo Alto okay yeah. all right so Southern California and um, oh. and uh, so that's a really cool project and we got a chance to talk about the Savannah portion of that again on a field note a couple of weeks back and speaking of field notes I did want to again mention you know at the end of the show we'll be playing that field note with Jose Rey and Carmen Aguirre and got a chance to see Jose's exhibition Pollen a celebration of spring in mixed media and it's awesome. I, I love the the works that I got to see. If you saw his exhibition Flora over at Sulphur Studios, you will love the progress that this has take the steps that it takes forward. And and we talked a little bit about that. And um, you know, good for Jose. And I'm really excited. You know, this is the second year now that Carmen Aguirre and Grand Bohemian has done a specifically Savannah series. So artists from Savannah and showing their work. And uh, Jose's up first, and then Stacey Gino Bono is going to be next month. So it's, you know, we, we get a couple of months here of Savannah local artists. And I'm hoping to talk to Stacey uh, as well. We'll interview her about her show there as well when we, uh, you know, we get a little bit closer to that show. But for now, I want to introduce you more to Susie Hokinson because I'm going to say, Susie, okay, and we were joking before we went on the air. I have Susie's uh, CV here. It's four pages long, and it has, I mean, oh dozens of, of, uh, I mean, it's it's exhibitions and it's curatorial stuff and it's volunteer work and it's it's really at workshops. It's really impressive, and I think what I found interesting is that I you know really just I just met you a couple of weeks ago, and then I just really instantly liked you, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna find out more about her, but um. So are you going to be a resident and started doing research? And I'm like, how the heck have I not like encountered you before? I mean, with all these shows, I mean, even recently you were in Reclaimed. We exactly. even covered that on <laughs> Art on the Air. Um, so I don't know how I didn't kind of yeah. log that in. You've done yeah. shows at the JEA. We've we've worked. Uh, we, I've covered shows at the JEA as well. Gallery 209 here in Savannah. Your Artist of the Month. Um, actually, your Artist of the Month. February. Last month, yeah, and then yeah. two years ago as well. So yeah. there's been all these opportunities, I think, um, for me to kind of connect with you at some point, and it hadn't happened. So I'm really glad finally to connect here. And let me read this little bio, and I'm going to actually read this one that I grabbed from your website, which I know you're kind of transitioning away from. So we're not going to, we won't advertise that too much, but I liked this little snippet here. And then I also want to read really quickly the statement that is in conjunction with the OnView residency over at Sulphur Studios, which is weaving the fabric of our community. But first, from the from your website, drawn to the idea of creating something totally unique, Susie experiments with the surface. Her hand-woven and Nuno felted pieces are like paintings. The loom or fabric becomes her canvas, where she plays with different colors, textures, and fibers to create something special, something that could never be reproduced by a machine. Human and warm and vibrant improvisation free weaving zen being in the moment these are all part of the wearable art and wall artwork that Susie creates and we're going to talk about those two different sides of your work there because i i love the wall artwork everybody i'm just gonna tell you right now 
And again, weaving the fabric of our community, which is her project that's on view. It just started this week. So we want, I wanted to have you on earlier because I know that there's a community component and I, there's a call to the community to exactly. a certain extent. So I wanted people to hear this early so they could be involved. In order to develop a greater understanding of the fabric of our community, Susie will weave together textiles and textures that define Savannah. Community members will be encouraged to bring items of discarded clothing or materials from their environment, i.e. wrappers, twigs, leaves, yarns, etc., that will be woven into long banners that will be draped in the space as they are completed. Visitors will be encouraged to weave in their own offerings, as well as the completed handwritten statement, My Community is dot 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 okay we're going to talk all about that but i want to take a step back because you've had a long career we talked about four pages of your resume here how did you become an artist how did you get started with doing all this because fiber work is very hot right now but it really wasn't when you were first getting started so let's take a step back how'd you get involved in the arts oh my gosh well really way back was my mom um my mom was interested in textiles. She was interested in knitting and got me started knitting. I think like a lot of little girls, I was making little potholders. <laughs> and not only just one potholder at a time, I would make bunches of them and mm. sew them together and make different things. But um, being creative has always been a part of my life. I was an art teacher uh, for many years and uh, trying to facilitate the creative expression in my students and now that I'm retired I get to play myself <laughs> well and I think I want to talk about the art teaching because you know you know I think people might a lot of times people we have a lot of like SCAD professors and things that'll come in here they're a, a teacher on one hand and then they'll come in and they're an artist on the other hand, but you were teaching in grade school. And I thought that was fascinating because that's a different type of environment than being in the college environment. Totally so, different. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally I mean, different. nine, I see here you had a number of years in middle school, you had even K through six, K through eight, preschool. <laughs> I mean, like, you've got a whole bunch of different <laughs> stuff. So, how was that? I mean, like, I have to imagine that has an influence on your work, just being around those children and that sort of creative spark. Boy, I guess so. And middle school was the last teaching gig I had. And that was 11 years or 10 years. And, um, you know, everybody knows middle schoolers. Every day is a challenge. <laughs> Every day is... I'm sure, uh, you know, for students, but probably more so for teachers, too. So. <laughs> Well, you never know where they are. You know, they come in with all kinds of emotional baggage, some of them. And you have the ones that uh, are real challenges and the ones that are pure joy and everything in between. And to try and get them excited about projects uh, is fun. I loved it. I loved seeing what it, they could come up with. But that's where my creative energy went. I did... Mm -hmm. A lot of weaving and fiber art at that time, but not like I am now. Now I can jump in with both feet and not have to, um, I think teachers all know, you, you pour so much of yourself into trying to get the best out of your students that um, your own work kind of takes the back burner. So it's nice to be able to have that time now. 
Yeah, and we've heard that yeah. from many of the teachers we have. In fact, you know, just sort of in talking to a lot of those who are who have the teaching and artist kind of dual career going on, it's like, well, I'm going to work on this project in the summer. You know, like there's exactly. like a, pl- a a period of several months where there's no work that really yeah. gets done, yeah. personal work, because it's just so much time spent on. I had a talk with Pam Wiley once at, when she was exhibiting at uh, Pinnacle Gallery. And she was talking about the re-emergent artist. And I love that term because I really mm. feel that that, you know, there was part of me that was always creating, but I feel like I've emerged more since I've retired. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And now I will say it's been quite an emergence because 2009 was when your tenure ended at the last middle school is that where you spent 10, 11 years teaching yeah. there. And since then, you've really hit the ground running. And I see a number of different projects and works <laughs> since that time. So let's talk about developing your style there because, I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're doing work as an instructor and kind of like almost it's like you're teaching a workshop every day. Right. And then you go into, well, now I'm going to do my own thing. How did that how what, what was that like? I mean, that transition must have been an interesting experience. Well, I've been weaving for 45 years. Um, and my, the first weaving I did was very traditional. You know, I would find a pattern, the pattern that I liked, and I would weave something following a draft that was mm. maybe a traditional draft, like for a uh, traditional coverlet or whatever. But I, uh, I always would get bored with doing the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over again and want to push it into something else. And now that I'm retired from teaching and I can spend more time developing what I want to do, I've really gotten into more of what's called Saori style. Saori was developed by this uh, woman in Japan who... um, found that being playful with her weaving was much more expressive. And uh, that whole idea of zen-like. And uh, it's really freestyle weaving. It's taking the colors and the textures and playing with them and not having a defined idea of where you're going to go with it. Even as far as when I'm weaving, I'm weaving fabric, and then I decide what clothing I want to make from it if I'm making mm, clothing. Mm, mm. Um, even with the wall art, I play with it more. So, yeah. Well, now that's fun. really interesting because, well, let me first of all just say this. You're listening to Art on the Air and WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am Rob Hester, your host here and our in-studio guest this week is Susie Hokinson. She is the current OnView artist in residence over at Sulphur Studios, and her project is Weaving the Fabric of Our Community. I think that that's interesting the way you describe this. And and so I'm not a fiber artist, but I, well, we have a mutual friend, Becca Cook, and, yeah. and so I'm yeah. kind of like learning a, a bunch just from talking to her, and she's so steeped in fiber arts. And I've interviewed a ton of fiber artists over the last year plus because it's just something that I wasn't really exposed to much before and so it's it's interesting to me mm-hmm. and 
I think it's really you're like it, you describe it as freeform. That might give people a certain idea as to like, well, what does that really mean? Like, is it just like abstract and all over the place? But to me, it looks super refined. I mean, especially the wall pieces, which are you know a lot of them are. Actually, I don't know if you made the clothes that you're wearing yeah, there, but yeah, like it actually yeah, kind of reminds yeah. me of the wall yeah. work where there's it seems well organized to me. Well, I've I come from years of creating and years of teaching. So I think it's free form, but it comes from within, so that free form isn't so free, it's chaotic. There's some kind of I don't know, not planning, but there's some kind of... Freeform, but it's informed by your experience and your exactly. knowledge and your abilities. Exactly. And I think that that's, that, you know, I think it's important for people to hear that because, I mean, I will say is that, you know, I'm somebody who is an artist, and art lover, and somebody that sees a lot of work and who is, by virtue of doing a radio show, mm -hmm. doing a lot of research on art. And I didn't know that, like, if I were to just kind of, if I didn't, haven't spoke if I hadn't spoken to so many fiber artists in recent years like if I th thought of the word freeform I would think of something just kind of like what is that even piles of, of thread or I mean who knows what that means so I you know I just kind of want to yeah. get that out there because yeah. it is really well defined so let's talk about your time here in Savannah because you did after retirement you moved to Savannah and you oh. kind of got to work right away you uh, showed at the space gallery uh, down on Henry Street when the cultural with the depart when it was called the Department of Cultural Affairs, and it used to be down there, um, and Eileen Baker was the was the director at that time. Now, um, way before the Cultural Arts Center, um, again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that you exhibited a couple of times in at the JEA. What was it like, though? Like, you know, you're kind of starting to, you know, dip your toes into the water, and like, oh, I'm going to start doing some shows where, wow, this all the focus is going to be on me instead of on you know, little Johnny, the eighth grader, who's going through his, you know, his growth cycle. Well, part of it, there, there was a transition. I got a part-time job with SCAD oh, okay. in the exhibitions department. So I was working in the galleries, interacting with the artists who were coming in and displaying. So I, it, it was a great way to meet teachers and at SCAD mm -hmm. uh, to meet the students and that was very inspiring I got to work with Gabrielle Da I don't mm -hmm. know if no, I don't know her but Gabrielle is a, a male and he was the one that did the project in Gutstein that was thread all made of thousands of miles of thread that was stretched from one end of the gallery to the other one by one and I worked with him, and um, Christopher Dean uh, was the preparator mm -hmm. um, who worked with him. And students came in, and in a week, we strung all this <laughs> thread, and it was incredible. So, you know, I, I got to work on that project with him, and, and there was another artist who had a um, residency who I got to work with. So, yeah, I mean, that was very influential and got me thinking about my own artwork, I think, and um, how to get out there myself. I wanted to talk about some, uh, something that I've noticed in your work, in, especially in, in recent years, that I think is interesting, and, and we're going to talk about it more later in, during our Three Big Questions segment, but 
like I noticed that you've been doing work too that has like a certain connection to social consciousness. Like we talked about at the very beginning of the show, the on the line exhibition, which you were, which you were involved in. And then the, uh, what am I looking for here? Weaving Hope. Yes. Weaving Hope. That's where I was trying to get. I've got, a, like I said, it's a four. There's a lot of, I, I was telling Susie, <laughs> I have, I have many pages here of information here. The Weaving Hope project of, at the cancer center of right. our memorial. Right. And like, that's to me, that's taking a step in a different direction than just like, well, I want to do my artwork and I want to show my artwork at galleries. That's like saying, I want to do my artwork, but I want it to have a meaning beyond just like looking nice. I, I like the social impact and, and I'm a cancer survivor. I went through the whole process of chemo and radiation at uh, Anderson Cancer Institute and they were wonderful. They were wonderful people there. And I know what it's like to sit in that waiting room, waiting to go back for your treatment or waiting to go back and have your CAT scan or you know, waiting, 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 not only for you, but the caregivers who are there with you. And I think weaving is a very healing process. You, well, a lot of art is you you get out of yourself and into what you're creating and mm -hmm. what i wanted to do with weaving hope was provide a diversion <laughs> for people who are sitting there worried and to start focusing on hope more than oh woe is me you know um to think of things that are more positive so we initially um, set up a loom in the, in the um, the lobby, and if you've ever been into cancer, Anderson Cancer Institute, and hopefully you don't have to, it has like a two-story atrium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we showed that we used that as the cover image for the event for the Art on the Air, this radio show for you, because I just okay, found that yeah, I was so yeah. blown away by that project, the two stories as you it, mentioned. It was wonderful, and then of course the new. People came in and said, "Oh, fire hazard!" <laughs> oh God. Well, so for those of you so, who haven't seen the image, yeah. it's a there's a second story and cascading down from the second story towards the first story. Where and there were various lengths and stuff, different yeah. colors, yeah. all different sort of pieces. All donated yarn. Oh, people that's so cool. People brought in yarn left over from sweaters they'd knit and baby blankets and whatnot and. Uh, all donated but it's rainbow hued and um we i we wove in right into the the banners which i'm planning to do with this project at sulfur studios um the i hope strips of paper that people wrote down their hope at that particular moment now some of them were very cancer related and some of them were like i'd like to have a good dinner on the table tonight or a little boy said I want an A on my paper or you know it's whatever their hope was just getting people thinking about something that they're hoping for well and I think one of the things that's so powerful about that too is because you have gone through the experience you're not a tourist you're not showing up and just being like well here's how I'm going to make you feel better you're like I know what it's like here's how I would like to be made to feel better. Yeah. And that's, I think, is it's critical that, you know, people will listen to what you have to say because you've been there before. 
well, that's it. I can sit down and chat with them. And some people don't want to talk, and that's fine, too. You know, if if they are into their headphones and whatever and don't want to interact, I don't, I'm not hurt by that at all. That's mm-hmm. their, their space and what they want to do. But some just love being able to, to talk and to talk with somebody who saw the, <laughs> at the other side of the tunnel. You know, you're in the midst of it. It just seems endless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so to hear somebody that's gone through and I'm six years out. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. But, you know, you go through something like that and every day is a gift. So you want to make sure you do something special every day. Mm, That's a great perspective. I want to talk some more about some of the kind of volunteer stuff that you've done because former host of Art on the Air and co-creator of Art on the Air, David Laughlin, loved the sheep shearing at Oatland Island. (laughs) And I know that you've done stuff at Oatland. So talk a little bit about that because I have been fascinated. I haven't gone and done it or done any of that stuff, but I know that they have a kind of a robust connection to the arts and there's there's been a couple of guests that we've had on that have done art related projects with them so talk about your work with Oatland Island because I think that's interesting well I'm part of the Fiber Guild of the Savannas um, past president now probably like six years ago but it's a wonderful group the whole nine yards of fiber art from quilting to weaving to spinning to beading to whatever and we have a wonderful room at Oatland that we use as a studio and they offer us meeting space and then you know to pay back for all that we we help out with these festivals they have so every uh, spring they have sheep to shearing now called spring festival I think and in the fall it used to be called cane grinding it's now harvest festival so I usually wind up weaving, which I did just this past Saturday. I, oh, I know, I know, I know. Um, and it was, it's wonderful. I always think when I'm demonstrating that everybody in the world must have seen us spin and weave because it, it seems like we do it all the time, but people are enthralled. Oh, no doubt about it. I've uh, Sometimes, yeah. you know, Jennifer Moss, who's the, yeah. the who's going to be our guest next week on on Art on the Air and and who I know that you're friends with and she's the, the one of the co-owners of Sulphur Studios. Every now and then when I go by Sulphur, she'll be in there working and I'm like, and she's on the, this is a different thing, but she's on the loom and I'm like, I'm fast. I mean, I you know, it's just because it's, it's so different than, you know, the kind of art that I make or even just, and it's so old timey. I don't know how else to put it, right? It's like, it's the way things were done long ago. Well, I figure if I was uh, deserted on a desert island, I'd be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'd figure out a way to weave out (laughs) and weave things to wear or whatever, out of grasses. It's very basic. It is. It's very traditional, very basic. But the neat thing about weaving is you can go from something very, very fine and traditional to something you know, completely off the wall and wonky. Like I'm doing now, I'm weaving in all this stuff that uh, people are bringing me. I picked up today this guy uh, Facebook, uh, moved out of the area back home to Michigan. He sent me two baseballs. 
from what? the sand nets that were signed. So somehow I've got to figure out how to deconstruct them and weave them into these banners. Oh, that's so cool. You know what? And I think that that's a perfect teaser because we ought to take our mid-show break here and we can dive all into Susie Hokinson's on-view residency, weaving the fabric of our community. And we can talk about those baseballs perhaps a little bit more, maybe figure (laughs) that out. On the other side of the break. So we're going to play these couple of quick messages. And when we come back more with Susie Hokinson, again, about her residency over at Sulphur Studios. And, of course, we will finish the show with our field note with Carmen Aguirre and Jose Ray. We will be right back. Voting is now open for Connect Savannah's annual Best of Savannah Readers Poll. And WRUU is once again on the ballot. Last year, you voted us best in the local radio station and talk radio station categories. Continue your support of WRUU 107.5 FM by again voting for us in the best local radio station and best local talk radio station categories. And this year, vote for your favorite WRUU morning program and favorite WRUU host. Voting ends at 11.59 p.m. sharp on Tuesday April 14th, and results will be revealed the night of Tuesday, May 19th. For details and voting, visit ConnectSavannah.com. And as always, thank you for listening to, supporting, and voting for WRUULP Savannah. And we're back live here. Again, I am Rob Hesser. You're listening to Art on the Air and WRUULP Savannah, Georgia. 107.5 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. My in-studio guest this week is Susie Hokinson. I wanted to mention, again, next week we're going to have, well, she's not going to be in the studio. I will say that. Jennifer Moss is going to be my guest, though, and we are going to do a studio-style show. I'm going to record the entire episode as though we were live in the studio. We're going to do that recording on Friday, so she's going to get a full a full the full treatment we've had on we've had jennifer on many times before but we've it's always been in short little snippets and um and never really gotten the full story and her exhibition right guys right now i'm just gonna tell you if you haven't been over to see the exhibition over at the cultural arts center i mean you saw it Susie. you gotta see it's so beautiful it's just it's focuses on her rusted woven pieces where she puts he she weaves metallic she re- weaves metal threads into it that she allows to rust and it changes the pieces over time they kind of almost like fall apart some of the old ones but they're so beautiful and what i noticed for the first time in looking at that the work that she has in that exhibition space is the walls are not bright white they're off white and i only noticed that because her pieces are all the sort of an off white mm. and it looks so good in that space so cultural arts center gallery you can go check that out you know again it's a it's a great resource for us savannians and uh you know, you showed at Space Gallery before uh, back on Henry. It's certainly an upgrade from what oh we used God. to show back there. I showed there, too, so I know what it's like. Anyway, let's get back into the studio with uh, with Susie Hokus. Oh, I should just mention, too, we're also going to have Kenchlot Weathers on next week as our field note. So uh, that'll be exciting. He's the new artist in the drive through art box over at Green Truck. So uh, we'll talk with him next week as well as our field notes. So, but back to Susie Hokinson. So we're going to talk now all about weaving the fabric of our community, which is the her on-view residency here. And I, 
I want to read the artist statement that you included with your residency as well. I, I did read the description of the project, but here's the artist statement drawn to the idea of creating something totally unique. I experiment with the surface. My handwoven pieces are like paintings. The loom becomes my canvas where I play with different colors, textures, and fibers to make something special, something that can never be reproduced by machine, human, warmth, and vibrant. So we read the whole thing at the beginning, but that's, I think, a good way to kind of start the discussion here. Your husband helped you deliver your loom earlier this week. I saw the pictures on Facebook. (laughs) So talk about your project. What do you got going on there other than weaving baseballs into into banners? (laughs) Well, what I have, I have, I've borrowed a loom from the guild. The guild has all these looms that we as members can rent or use. And rather than bring one of my own looms from home, I thought I would they have a what's called a dorset loom, and it's a very easy to use, direct tie up. You push down a pedal, and harness number one goes up. The next pedal, and harness number two goes up. You don't know what that means because you're not a weaver. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it's a very easy to use loom, and if somebody wants to weave their own things in, it's easy for me to tell them. I have wound a warp that's 15 yards long. So that's gonna allow me to do a lot of banners. It's only eight inches wide. um, And I've used black carpet warp, which is a cotton, very strong um, yarn that uh, will hold whatever I'm going to throw at it. Like a baseball. Or like it could a be baseball. anything, though. I mean, well, it could what be I've anything. Been, I got started yesterday, which was fun. And I've been able, the first things that came to me, my husband, he's been so supportive. He came home. He's, he's a part-time lifeguard at the Aquatic Center. This is his retirement. <laughs> he wanted to be. In you mean at the JEA? No, out at the. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally Mood. Anyway, he found a discarded lifeguard tube. These oh, big red things with a black strap. And he came home so proud that this was going to be my first thing from the community to weave into the project. So I've already started deconstructing it. Well, so that's so funny because you realize now you're, you've you just moved in yesterday. Art on the Air is live on Wednesday. You're presenting your final project on first Friday in April. So you've got this whole month. Yeah. And now you basically told the entire world that you're going to take the wackiest, weirdest things <laughs> that they can offer. Well, that's well. Some and by of the way, I friends, will be writing that in the Deuce of Animal yeah, article too. Well, fr- some of my friends feel challenged to bring well, me I mean, yeah, the wackiest. I mean. My friend Oksana came in yesterday with these gorgeous um, oyster shells with barnacles all over them. You know, just kind of. How I'm going to put them in, I have no idea. Uh, another friend, um, God Lover, is also a cancer survivor. She brought the scarf that she put around her hair head when her hair oh, started wow, coming wow, out. Wow, 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 wow. So I've been weaving some of that in. You know, some of it I was pulling up in loops and some. I, she volunteers with another friend at the Davenport house, so I did square and and put 
something that Jan had given me in the middle of the square. So it's fun to kind of play with the idea of what these things are. A friend from Hilton Head, and it's Savannah Extended, gave me some of those huge pine cones. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, they're hard to pull apart. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to get some, and weave the pine cones in. He also gave me palm fronds, and I have those you know, pieces from the palm fronds. His wife gave me some um, beautiful beaded, antique beads from her 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 grandfather, I think, not her father, had a business that he did um, clothing. And he had all these bits and pieces of beaded embellishments and and lace. So today I was weaving in some of the lace. Oh, that's so, so cool. So it's fun to be challenged by what people are bringing me to see, like these baseballs. How do you take a baseball apart? I'm gonna learn how to do that. Well, you know, it's yeah. interesting that you, you know, your your excitement about the challenge because I've interviewed a ton of the people who have been on View Residents because I think it's such a resource for Savannians and I love it. And so, yeah. I've interviewed a lot of them. And I think the nature of what it is, you're sitting in the window and involve it invites community participation as sort of a component of what the residency is in a way that maybe most residencies wouldn't. And so. Lots of people describe the challenges that they have to like overcome by being in that residency space. And I think to myself, is that not the best art thing ever when it's challenging you to push yourself? Exactly. I mean, and exactly. how could it's it's completely owning up to its mission, you know, as as well, something and, like, involving people I know and people I don't know. I'm hoping people I don't know come in with things. But John Poza, who is this friend, Oksana, who brought me the, the oyster shells, um, he created a four-by-eight-foot frame loom for me with inch-spaced brads. And today, so he brought it in yesterday afternoon, the end of the day, and we, he had it in pieces, and we put it together and it fits beautifully in one of the windows in the front. Mm. So today I bought some butcher twine. And so I'm not warping it as you would normally up and down. I am putting a wacky warp on and hoping that people will weave things into this wacky warp. <laughs> I love it. I have it. no idea how it's going to turn out. But it looks cool in the window. <laughs> well, and I noticed yeah. that you have a bunch of open yeah. studio times that aren't just like on Friday, Saturday. You have some times like during the week where people can get. So I was in that space back yeah. in April yeah. of 27 or 20. I don't know when it was. I can't keep track <laughs> of time anymore. I have a four month old. The um, But I but I was in that space. And one of the things like I would I was there in the mornings a lot. Like that was my thing during the weekend and in the mornings. And my experience was totally different than people who describe being there in the evening. So I'm kind of, I think it's going to be interesting to see, to hear from you, like what your experience is, because you are like specifically saying this project is what you bring me. That's yeah. the, the project yeah. doesn't exist yeah. without yeah. people bringing yeah. you stuff. Yeah. I, you know, the warp and some of the weft weaving back and forth, the yarns are what holds it all together. But the things people bring me are the things that are going to be the special part of it. 
Um, the other part is just background. It's just the glue that holds it all together. Um, I, you know, I'm hoping if it gets kind of quiet, once I get going, I can kind of take a half an hour and go out and entice people that are around to contribute. I love that Clinton, idea. here I come. <laughs> Starlandia is full of stuff. <laughs> you got, that's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about but, that. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to, to get some things from some people in the neighborhood. What Boys to Men is right across the street, the hair place. Yeah, I think that would be cool, too, just because it is like it is in the neighborhood. And I think that Sulphur Studios is so centrally located into the Starland. I mean, it really is pretty much right in the middle. I mean, you go either direction and it's pretty much right in the middle. And how hopping is it now with all the new restaurants and stuff? That's one. It's my favorite. It's my spot. Yeah, (laughs) great. It's my spot. Well, look, I'm excited about that and I'm excited to see what the final results are. Thanks to the community. But let's move to our final segment. I mean, normally I have this be a little bit more fun, but people ask some really serious questions. And let's hear what they had to ask. And now it's time for three big questions with your host, Rob Hessler. Three big questions, as I mentioned, and we've got three really good ones. Well, I got to apologize to you, Philip Davis, and I got to apologize to you, to uh, Kristen Hokinson Messick, who's your daughter, <laughs> because my wife also gave me a question and she always goes first. So I just, you're going to have to wait. The other rest of you are going to have to wait. And uh, my wife is Gretchen Hilmers and she's a, a, f- a phenomenal photographer as well. But her question is, what triggered your passion for activism? We talked about all of volunteer work and stuff like that. What, you, what triggered that for you? Oh my gosh, what triggered it? Probably my parents in some way nurtured that. You know, I've marched all over the place (laughs) and uh, marched up in Washington and um, had a group called Savannah Huddle after we got back. And, yeah, I, I just think that's part of being a citizen is being active in our community and, you know, whether it's, you know, I've been on our HOA at our condos, and part of being is giving back and being a part of the community. So community building has always been something and the activism around that. That's a good answer, but I think, and I, I, I love that answer. It's inherent for you, but I think that that's more rare than, than you think. I think mm-hmm. most people have, I mean, I will say for me, I was kind of just like a bump on a log for a long time. And then I had a guy who, who came in and was super inspired about saving a historic building. And like mm-hmm. his passion wore off, like kind of infected me with it. Yeah. And then now it's, it's the rabbit hole. I'm already, <laughs> now it's over. I'm done. Now I have to do it forever. Yeah, well, it becomes <laughs> who you are. You know? It does. Well, here, let's get to our second question and we will, uh, we'll save we'll save Philip for last year, who was a recent guest, and we'll we'll go to your daughter here, Kristen Hokinson Messick. In all of your years of weaving, which project has brought you the most joy? I love that question. Oh my gosh, Chris! Ah, oh, the most joy. I 
was participated in the fold unfold project that that um let me see if I can find that in the four pages Jessica of a resume. Jessica Smith and uh, somebody else that's gad. I should know. They both just wrote a book on Overshot. But anyway, they have this interesting idea, and they challenged people who were weavers to weave coverlets in black, white, and gray. And it was an exciting project because I was able to pull together part of my free-form kind of idea and also part of my love of doing overshot which is a very traditional design for coverlets and I, it was on display at at sulfur mm, like a year after it came back yeah so it was, was originally exact, at, yeah. i see gray gallery at eastern carolina yes, university in yeah. Green, greenville um well, and also up in um not Asheville, athens athens yeah we went to athens when we you know, got out of town for the hurricane, <laughs> so I should know Athens. But it was on display at Athens first, and uh, yeah, so that that project, and it was a combination of free form and planning, and trying to get three pieces to come together so it all fit. I like that too because. I like the idea of reflecting on joyful moments as a general principle yeah. in life. So great question it, there, Kristen. Well, that's my wonderful daughter, Kristen. Oh, very nice. So the yeah. final question we've got here of three big questions is from Philip Davis. He says, she has some amazing pieces. I wondered what inspires her to create the pieces she does or even how her inspiration process begins. Now, I love wow. that. How does the inspiration begin? That's a tough one. It is a tough one. You know, I think it comes from color and texture, a lot of it. And I spin yarn, mm -hmm. uh, but I also am a yarn addict. <laughs> a lot of you fiber people are, oh, just so everybody out there knows. It's horrible. <laughs> it really is a bad disease. But, you know, if you see something beautiful that's fiber, whether it's fibers waiting to be spun or whether it's yarn waiting to be something and what's fun about the way I'm weaving now is I can take all these colors and textures and as I said before play with them and make them sing you know make them come together in unique ways and it's constantly what if what if I did this or what if I did that so it's, um, I guess that's what the inspiration is, starting that's with great. those raw materials. Well, yeah. Philip is a renaissance man. I mean, he does oh, music yes. and, and poetry and art, you know, we visual were, arts. Yeah, we and, were in a show together with Cynthia Mall. What was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but he was part of that. Oh, and, nice, and, nice, nice. Small world, small yeah, small town, right? Yeah, so now we are we are just about out of time with our interview with, with Susie Hokinson. So, Susie, why don't you tell us, if people want to get involved in your project, which is going to be at Sulphur Studios through, well, it actually goes past Soul, uh, First Friday, but the final presentation will be First Friday in April, again, weaving the fabric of our community. If people want to get involved, how do they get involved? Okay, I am committed to be there on... Tuesdays and Fridays from noon to five. But I probably am going to be over there a whole lot more. So by chance or by appointment, if you want to come in 
drop me a uh, an email, suzyhokinson at gmail.com, and uh, let me know when you want to come, and hopefully you'll bring something kind of challenging to put in, whether you want to or I weave it in. I have little cardboard around that I can show you how to warp it up, and you can take things apart and weave into it. Uh, I have a great big huge frame loom that John Posa made me in the window that we're oh, going to so weave cool. into. Uh, yeah, there's gonna, it's fun, so come on by. Awesome. Well, Susie Hokinson, thank you so much for being on Art on the Year today. Very excited to have you. I can't wait to see your project. Time for me to get out of here. Some of that old Savannah magic is coming up next if you're listening to the live show. Thanks again, Susie Hokinson, for being on the show today. Thank you. And next week, we will have Jennifer Moss on, as well as a field note with Kench Lot Weathers. Talk to you then. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I am with Jose Ray and Carmen Aguirre at the Grand Bohemian Gallery. We're talking about Jose's new exhibition, Pollen, a Celebration of Spring in Mixed Media. Jose, why don't you just tell us what the show is all about? This show is a continuation of the mixed media floral works. I was exploring at my last show, Flora, over at Sulphur Studios. Just continuing that, trying to like find variations in each piece, which is something I still really love about them, is that like I started initially very abstract, and then each piece kind of calls for something different from me. So like I may start with a different sequence of mediums with each piece, and, and that's just really interesting to me, that, that challenge, that design challenge of each piece. What I will say is I've been following this very much. In fact, no, I own one of the pieces from the very the first very little first show. One. Yes, when they were small. <laughs> yeah, at Henny Penny. And I've been able to follow the evolution. And as soon as I walked in here and started looking at the pieces for this, and I saw the Flora show as well, it is noticeable. They, like you might say, oh, it's, it's more of the same, but it's not. There is some, there's definitely absolutely, a change in progress. Yeah, and that keeps me going. I've always tried to not be a one-trick pony. And so the fear of making this a one-trick pony thing, I think, keeps me constantly looking at them and trying different things out. Even like with this show, I've tried some new things out, brought some, even some spray paint in at times. Mm. Just, uh, just always trying some, some new uh, little elements in there. Very cool. Well, Carmen, I want to transition over to you because here at the Grand Bohemian Gallery, this is the second year now that you've been doing a series of Savannah artists. And Jose is the first of them. And I know uh, coming up next is Stacey Jean Albano. So talk a little bit about the Savannah series and your decision to bring Jose into this gallery. Well, first of all, I love the idea of the Savannah series. We have everywhere you look here, there is art. So to be able to bring that into the gallery makes me really excited. Plus, we also have a lot of guests here that come in and say, do you have Savannah artists? So there's a call for that. If they can't buy, they want to see what is Savannah doing, and I'd like to be able to show them that. As for Mr. Jose Ray, I have been following him for the longest time. And then when I saw something that would work in the gallery, I said, that's it. And I went to your show. And I walked in there, he was behind a painting hooking up a stereo, and I looked around and my first reaction was, this is it, this is happiness. And I was, you know, that, that was it, talked to him there, and that's how this show came about. 
it is different, and I see the transition in your work from that from floral. Mm -hmm. So there is there is a transition. So it's sort of pollinated into like <laughs> this work that you have here. But you can see in the pieces where I can I would probably play the game of saying which which is your later piece from this series and oh, which yes. is your earlier piece from the series. The reaction from when you first brought it in, the other pieces of the people walking in is they walk in, they're like, wow, they're, it's exciting, it's happening. This is one of the few times where you're going to see an artist's personality, his work be an extension of his personality. All of this bright vibration and color and imagery is really Jose. That's such a nice way to put it. And I, you put it on also on the show card. Jose's latest pieces will honor our walls with his vibrant celebration of spring. And I really like that description. Now, Jose, I want to talk about this because this space here at Grand Bohemian is so different than Sulphur Studios. Not only the way that the space is, but the people who will come and see the show. Sulphur Studios is very much a local gallery, brings in a lot of like artists and a lot of the local art community. Grand Bohemian, of course, is will bring in some of the local art community as well, but it's predominantly the viewers are going to be tourists and people who are visiting Savannah. I kind of just want you to give your thoughts about that because I think that's a really sort of interesting dynamic there. Well, I think I'm gonna have Carmen talk for me from now on. She just brings <laughs> me so well, you know. Like, yeah. I'll just, I should, I'll just walk up and be my like, like James Brown hype man type of thing. Um, no, well, it's very exciting for me. It's the first time I've ever been to that level of like, you know, dealing directly with the tourists and like a more high end gallery of, of this, of this caliber. And so I was getting ready for the, the last show, uh, Catherine, your daughter who I'm friends with was like, my mom's interested in your work. She's been following you on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, oh, really? Like, she's like, yeah, she's the gallery director of the mansion. I'm like, well, that's exciting. And then I just, you know, kept working. And, and then you you were like the first, one of the first people in the, in the show, actually. I think, yeah, I was still setting up. And you, you came through a little and you said you thought the work looked even better in person. So that's always good to hear. Because photographing them, man, I'm always like trying to get that just right. A lot right. of sheen on them. Yes, yes, a lot of yeah. sheen on them. So, yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to, yeah, this opportunity and jumping in and, and, of course, putting my best work out there, you know, really trying to keep it tied into what I was doing, but push that even further. Well, I think I want to, because the conversations at the opening reception, too, will be so different than, you know, yeah. like at Sulphur Studios, like basically every person that's coming up to you kind of knows you. Like they're like, yes. your friends are coming and visiting the show. Here it's like... You know, people that are staying at the hotel and they're like, oh, who is this artist? I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what that'll be like. For sure. Me too. And that's been one thing that I'm getting used to. I've like, everything I've done my whole life has been so DIY, you know, it's like, at this, at this Silver Studio, like putting the work out myself and, and not, not because they weren't there to help me just because I'm a control freak. So, <laughs> right. but here Carmen's like, no, we got it. We are, you know, we got our crew and like. Okay, you showed her anything? She's like, no, we got it. So let's go. So yeah, I know. I'm like, well, I guess I'll go work on more paintings then. <laughs> let's move back over to the hype man. <laughs> in, in terms of, of the gallery, I get excited about being able to showcase our local artists. I mean, I love all our, our, our other artists. Don't, don't get me wrong about that. But 
I consider myself a Savannian, uh, even though I've only been here a couple of years. I get excited about being able to showcase to guests that are coming in or people who get off the trolley and start looking and saying, look, this is what we have. This is this is local. This is our art. And they and you see their faces and they're surprised and they're excited and they're happy. And, you know, so art in Savannah is part of its vibrancy. And I don't know if it was because it was a port city because of the river that brought in these different types of personalities, a bit bohemian, if I can borrow the word there. But art is very much a part of the city and a part of its nature. So I think it's cool to be able to show people saying, hey, this is what we have. Even a lot of our corporate people who have seen it here at the mansion have been like, wow, that's, this is really nice. This is really happy. This is, this is really good. And I'm like, this is really Savannah. Again, the opening reception is Thursday, March 12th from 5 to 8 p.m. And it goes through April 12th at Grand Bohemian Gallery. That's at 700 Drayton Street. Jose Ray and Carmen Aguirre, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do, Rob. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week where we'll have another batch of art on the air.